Thank you guys for joining me for this video. Today we're gonna to be talking about Enneagram type four. Um, specifically, we're gonna be looking at the wings, the uh, four three and the four wing five and helping you understand um, a little bit more about um, what each of those nuanced differences look like. And I'll say throughout all these videos on wings that I think the path back to a healthy you is often by learning to develop the, um, the wing that is um, you know, less important, less dominant in your life. So if you're a four wing three, as you go through this video, and maybe you already know, but if you watch this video and you think, oh yeah, I think I might be a four wing three, that better describes me. Then moving toward the five and learning more about the five then would be a, a good step for you in becoming a healthier, more balanced you. Same thing with the four wing five. Um, to, to then, if your five is the most dominant wing, then to learn to develop more of those three characteristics in your life and lean more on that, uh, that alternate wing and you will, you will move immediately in a more healthy direction uh, and more positive direction for yourself. I wanna say a little bit about fours um, as I continue to learn and grow and understand more about each type. You know, I wanna share that with you guys in each of these videos. So before we just jump right into the four wings, um, you know, the wings for the four, I wanted to just take a little bit of time and talk about fours, you know, and I read your guys' comments and I appreciate your comments. I get a lot of comments from fours. Um, and um, you know, continue to uh, to study and grow in my own understanding. And you know, let's start by saying this: twos, threes, and fours. You guys know are all in the worth or shame uh, group. And in my mind, essentially, what that means is because we don't live in the Garden of Eden any longer, we we struggle with anger, with fear, and twos, threes, and fours dominantly and predominantly with shame although all of us you know move around that and struggling with those and trying to cope and develop strategies with with these with these falling characteristics so for twos threes and fours the the fundamental issue is one of shame or worth and so the way i would say this is twos threes and fours are all dealing with the question of am I lovable am I of value do I have worth and value um, and of course you do everybody does if you walk into the nursery of any hospital and you see infants lying there and you know their um, their cribs or whatever those are called the I have five kids, so I've seen it. I've been there. I just don't remember what they call the the baskets, you know, that they're in those plastic tubs that the babies are in. Um, you, you look at a room full of those little infants or go into a preschool room, you know, just walk among these little three and four-year-old toddlers. Every one of these little infants has immeasurable value. They are intrinsically valuable. Although they have not yet accomplished anything of significant value, they don't even have a mastery of language. They have not attained any um, status symbols or certificates or diplomas. Um, they have no marketable skills. 
and yet um, they have intrinsic value simply because they're created in the image of God, simply because of who they are. And yet something as objective as that, that you can see and understand a priori, you mean you just understand it to be a truth, in an objective way like that, sometimes when you turn that subjectively to yourself, you you can yet struggle with issues of your own worth and value. You can see that, yes, every infant has value intrinsically. You just understand that. Nobody needs to tell you that. You just, you can observe it. But yet, in your own pursuit, your own journey, in your own life, there may be at times you don't feel that you have value. Now, twos, threes, and fours all struggle with this. Twos sort of go to sleep to that. And by becoming such likable, loving, caregivers, helpful, pleasers, they, they, their strategy to cope with that is to gain your love by being so loving themselves. But it's a strategy nonetheless. Threes, you know, by becoming so uh, dominant and assertive and becoming achievers and accomplishing so many great things and becoming leaders um, and by winning and by being so attractive and polishing up their image and their persona, um, being so successful, they attract people to themselves and it is their strategy for dealing with questions of worth and issues of shame. That's their strategy for coping with this. Fours have also adopted a strategy for dealing with worth um, and dealing with this question of am I of value? Where is my value? Um, am I lovable? Will I be loved? And they've developed a strategy as well. And I want to talk about that strategy. Uh, I want to try to uh, investigate that and, and understand it better uh, before we talk about wings. Because we could just jump right into wings, but I always want to give you more to think about than you know just what you clicked on. We're going to talk about the wings. But give me a minute to sort of unpack this and, and, and you know, think about this in a little bit greater detail because it's profound if I'm, if, if, if I'm understanding it correctly. So fours sort of overemphasize that deflated self, that self that doesn't measure up. So twos and threes both have that same sense of they don't measure up, so they compensate. So twos compensate by becoming, <clears throat> you know, such desirable people by being kind, friendly, nice, all that, yada, yada, yada. <clears throat> Threes compensate by becoming so successful and productive and useful. So threes then, in a sense, over-identify with the fake persona that they've developed, the mask, you know, of being successful. Sort of like, don't look behind the curtain at this person living in shame. Just stay focused on the image that you see before you, okay? So they over-identify with this false image that they're promoting, self-promoting, okay? So more about that on the three video that was released just before this one on wings. Okay, so what the four is doing though is over-identifying with that 
fallenness, with that brokenness, with that worthlessness, um, over-identifying with that, that sense of something is missing or something has been lost. And something has been lost. You're not in the Garden of Eden any longer. You, you, we have lost um, you know, that original position that we had. So something has been lost. You're right. But fours over-identify with this, and it becomes their personality. Their personality is built around that sense of longing for what's missing, for what's been taken from them, from all of us, really. Just the rest of us don't over-identify with that. Um, so fours have that great sense that something is missing, that something has been lost, uh, and they sort of go... And that's going to re result in certain emotions, right? Sadness, sorrow, and then what's called the romanticism or the longing for that to be restored. The longing for that to be returned. What's been So that over-identification with what you might say the deficiency. Um, so like twos go to sleep to it and they say, oh no, everything's fine. And they just go to caring and love giving, you know, and threes to over-identifying with the false self that has been produced because of this, the fours just accept that it's that something's lost and they over-identify with, with that. And of course, there's deep dissatisfaction and deep feelings of being unfulfilled because of that loss. Now, fours then identify, over-identify with that deficient self, like there's deficiency like Eeyore has lost his tail, right? Okay, so you might say the shadow self. So fours are have this feeling of being dissatisfied with themselves, dissatisfied with life, dissatisfied with the way things are working out. And I think all of us, you know, understand that and all of us have that sense at times of dissatisfaction with life. But you guys are like the prototype for that part in all of us that feels dissatisfied with who we are and dissatisfied for how life has turned out. We all have the capacity to feel bad and we all have the capacity to see our flaws, but fours, you know, um, can over-identify with what's lacking in life. And it can even become like a spiral that becomes self-fulfilling. It's like because you feel so lacking and deficient and you over identify with with that dissatisfaction and that longing for things to be restored it can keep you from accepting and opening up to the very things in life that might bring fulfillment um okay we're gonna go there it's gonna get a little deeper so um the natural strengths of type fours include okay, so this become there's some there's some good sides to this personality type, is you're not afraid to go to the dark, you're not afraid to go to the emotional emotions, and you're not afraid to help others through those difficult emotions that we might want to avoid. Like sevens, for example, myself hate dealing with difficult emotions and dark emotions. We stay optimistic to a fault, maybe, and so fours can be very empathetic. Um, you guys can be very empathetic when it comes to, and by empathetic I mean feeling the deep things that people feel, 
because your willingness to go to the contours of that emotional world, you're willing to move in that area more openly than some of the other types do. And so you have this ability to help um, and understand um, the difficulties and struggles and the loss that people go through in life. So you can be extremely emotionally intuitive. Um, let's say it that way. Um, now here's something interesting, okay? So you can overdo your focus on pain and suffering, sometimes as a way of avoiding deeper or different kinds of pain. Um, now that's something to think about, that you could, you could, you could stay over-focused in sorrow, pain, melancholy, suffering, the flaws of life, the dissatisfaction, things aren't going right, you know, as a way of maybe avoiding other things that you don't want to address, other emotions or other thoughts that may be so unbecoming that you don't want to, to address them. Um, so you have this gift of emotional sensitivity, but you can become maybe a little over-attached to your feelings. And again, I've said before in videos that your feelings are a guide to you, but they're not necessarily 100% um, accurate guide. They, they tell you what, you what is going on on the inside, right now at this specific moment, but they may not necessarily be the best source of information for you. More when we get into the wings about that. All right, it can sometimes prevent you from th thinking and acting objectively because, or taking objective action. Remember fours tend to be in that withdrawn state like fives and nines where they don't always move to action. Because of your over-identification with your feelings, you may not necessarily see things objectively, and it can keep you from taking action. Uh, you can see what's missing so clearly that it may blind you to what is good and what is hopeful in the situation that you're in, and thus become a fulfilling, self-spiraling prophecy in a sense that you, you believe that what is good is, is unattainable. Um, and just out of grasp. And so even when it's offered to you, you might find yourself having difficulty reaching out and taking it. Or even if you take it, maybe sometimes you might sabotage it. So even if love is offered to you and love is given to you freely, you may fight against the very thing that you want. And that's that push-pull dynamic that you see in four sometimes where they move in seeking the relationship, pursuing the relationship, only to like push away from that relationship and move themselves away from the very thing that they want in life. Um, however, when fours can wake up to the ways in which they dwell in that suffering or over-dramatize those emotions as a way of distracting themselves, distracting themselves, that's seven language right there, from the deeper need of love, um, they, they, they might begin moving in a healthier direction. Now, now listen to this. This is so helpful. This is from Beatrice Chestnut's book. Okay. So I'm pulling from several books today. Um, and I would encourage you to read, read, read as much as you can, if you have time. All right. Um, fours overdo an attachment to grief. The, th the three heart types also share that central concern with image. Okay. Threes. Um, but they're more concerned with how they appear to others. While three types in this triad have a formative underlying need to be seen, they each act out this differently uh, based on the ideals they try to fulfill in order to be recognized and appreciated by others. So fours are 
overattracted to grief and overattracted to longing and overattracted to the sense of of not being you know fully themselves not being loved for who they are um all three types need to be seen and all three types need to be a, need to be told that you are loved for who you are we see you for who you are and we love you for who you are but their respective coping strategies are designed to gain approval from other people in three distinct ways as a substitute for the love they seek but fear or believe they can't get as they are that's powerful in other words there's this fear within twos, threes, and fours that they, they're never going to really be loved for who they are. And so they must cope by creating and developing a strategy. While twos strive to be likable, pleasing, threes create an image of achievement and success, fours present themselves as unique and special or different. Um, and I'm sure you have that sense of yourself that you don't fit in or that you, know, or that you don't care to fit in necessarily. Uh, but this can be a protection against experiencing other emotions that you fail to fit the idealized image and always striving to reach the unattainable. Um, most fours report having suffered some sort of actual or perceived loss early in life. So, you know, the, the, the childhood message is that for some reason the people that were supposed to love you withdrew from you. And, and it doesn't make sense to you why they did that. Now, that may or may not have actually happened in your life, but fours have that sense that love is being withheld from them, and it's for no necessary reason. It's not, You can't quite put your finger on the purpose or the reason. Why did that person withhold their love from me? Why? And they may or may not have actually done that, but that's kind of how you grew up seeing things, okay? And maybe they really did. Maybe, you know, the, the loving parent in your life wasn't there um, to provide that love for you. What fours do is it sounds like, it seems like they kind of like blame themselves for that. They, they go looking internally like, what did what is wrong with me? What did I do to cause that? And the reality is, as you know objectively, looking at other families, that the child often did nothing to cause that. There was something wrong inherent in the parent. You know, the parent was a drug addict or the parent was over-focused in their work or the parent split up and divorced and went to, on to greener pastures and left the child behind, left the, the, the wife and child behind. But the four internalizes that loss. And, and, and rather than believing that bad things just happen in this world, four starts to blame themselves as if there's something about me that has caused this withdrawal of love. There's something inherently flawed in me that has caused this, this, this brokenness or this loss of love. Fours unconsciously became convinced that they somehow caused it. Because for some reason, that is more comforting to us to feel that we're in control and that we caused that loss of love than that the world is out of control and these things just happen to us because we live in a broken, fallen world. While this is almost never true, in reality, it gives the four child a feeling that they could do something maybe to regain that. So there's that sense in which if I believe there's something in me that inherently caused this loss of love or this withdrawal, at least I feel like I'm in control to do something to change it. And I would rather feel like I'm flawed but in control than that I'm okay and not in control of whether or not love is given to me. Now that is profound stuff. You might just want to stop and think and think and think and reflect on this because this is just, to me, is just so helpful and so interesting in creating your identity and creating your what you build your personality and your identity around. 
I could just sit and maybe think about this for a long time. Um, um, an unredeemable deficiency in you is what is what the four ends up. So to cope with this pain of loss, fours adopt a strategy of focusing on and longing for that which was lost. Uh, at the same time, making themselves to be bad or deficient. Like there's something wrong with me. There's something you know about me that has caused this. And that helps you explain this loss of love and gives you a sense of control over it. They dream of finding the idealized or special love that has been lost from them. But they feel hopeless of ever really regaining that and are afraid. Here's the thing. Here's how it spirals. If... If I open myself up to be loved like this again, I might get rejected again. I would rather live with the pain and sorrow of being broken and deficient than to go through the pain again of feeling like rejected or that that love can be withdrawn from me. And so force kind of maybe self-sabotage a little bit. Um, because they might feel it's impossible to really open up and receive love from somebody because people are not necessarily going to love me. Like, they might withdraw that love again from me. And so there must be something wrong and deficient in me. So, But they can't help themselves from longing for it because we all long to be loved. I mean, it's inherent within us. God said in the Garden of Eden, He said it's not good for man to be alone. And it's not good for you to be alone. So there's this longing within you for love, but this fear that love might be taken away from me if I open myself up to it. And so the coping strategy is to look at yourself as flawed or broken or different um, as a protective strategy against opening yourself up to love that could hurt you again. This is so interesting. Fours thus end up seeing themselves as not good enough to be loved as a way of defending against opening up to the possibility of love. Again, you might just want to pause that and think about it. Because allowing themselves to hope for love leaves them vulnerable. Wow. To the worst kind of pain, the re-experience of that early loss and the confirmation of their worthlessness that goes with it. That is just profound thought. Let me read that again. Um, fours thus end up seeing themselves as not good enough to be loved as a way of defending against. In other words, I'm going to focus on this negative thought to keep myself from focusing on this worse negative thought. That is really profound. Uh, defending themselves against opening up to the possibility of love because allowing themselves to hope for love leaves them vulnerable to the worst kind of pain, a worser kind of pain. So I'll accept a terrible form of pain to avoid a worser form of pain, which is the re-experience of that early loss and then confirm my fears that I really am worthless. That's why that an, another person has rejected me because I'm worthless. They dwell in painful feelings of hopelessness and melancholy to, to protect themselves. Wow. Think about that. You guys get beat up a lot as fours because, man, why don't you just get over it? Why don't you just, look, life is good. Focus on the positive. Quit feeling sorry for yourself. You guys get beat up a lot because of your, your serious, you know, painful state that you're in. Um, but... 
I don't know if you've ever thought about it, it might be a means of protecting yourself from the sadness and shame that comes from believing you are essentially unlovable and will never get the love or need that you want. Uh, but this can become a defensive trap. Of course, as you can imagine, this can become a defensive trap. Um, you might say, in a sense, like you're seeking happiness. You want to be happy. You want to be loved and fulfilled and all that. But you're seeking happiness through pain, through your you know, acceptance of pain, hiding out in suffering, it's called. Fours distract themselves from the, from the inner work they would need to do to open up to receiving what they really want what they incorrectly but defensively believe they can never have. That is so powerful. All right, well, let's get into the wings. We're already 25 minutes into this video. We haven't talked about the wings yet. Ah, okay, let's talk about the wings. The four-wing three. The four-wing three is called the, the uh, aristocrat, okay? And this is the person that, you know, has that sense of difference about themselves, that sense of I'm different, I'm unique, I'm special, I don't fit in, but they blend that with the, but I'm an achiever and I'm a winner and I, and you, these two are like so dichotomous to each other and yet they can be in one person. That sense of creativity and that sense of, you know, what's different um, and I'm going to present that to the world and they're going to love me for it. So I'm going to be an artist, I'm going to be a performer. Like a three, I'm going to be a performer, but I'm going to be unlike other performers. I'm going to be, you know, a, um, a super performer or a different kind of performer. I'm going to go out on the stage with one glove, you know, like Michael Jackson, um, different and unique. And I'm going to do a moonwalk like nobody's ever seen before. I'm going to dance and be a superstar, but I'm going to dance in a way that nobody's ever seen before. Um, or like the artist formerly known as Prince, you know, he can't have a name like other performers. He's got to have a symbol or a title that's different, that makes him special. And he's going to be a superstar. Um, okay. So fours with the three wing are very creative. They desire success and recognition like threes but they want to balance it by being true to themselves. And so they want to be out there on the stage as performers and they tend to be the more extroverted of the fours. The four three is more extroverted than the four five. Um, but they want their style to be their own unique style. They want you to love them for who they are. Not that they copied and pasted the success formula, but that they, they're going to become a success by following their own authentic you know, style. They want to be special, but be special uh, in a pleasing way that, you know, gains approval and gains applause. Um, they're creative and ambitious and have an eye toward achieving goals um, and tend to be more sociable than the four wing five. Um, and they avoid anything that's off-putting and in bad taste, and they create their work with the audience in mind, where the four-wing five is more into the process of creation. The four-wing three is much more into the presentation and wowing you, and this is awesome, and they're doing it for the audience, you know, to win over that audience and to be loved by that audience. Um, people are more, they're more self-conscious and aware of issues regarding their self-worth, they want to come to across to others in a more positive way. They're more concerned about coming across in a, in a positive way. Um, they want recognition, and they want the recognition not that they followed some formula of success, but that they uh, are, are being recognized for 
their unique work and their unique style and they put a lot of effort into their performance and their presentation um, they're more practical more extravagant uh, they love refinement and culture and sophistication there's that aristocrat okay so i'm you got all these people that are successful let's imagine a bunch of threes are lined up on the stage and they're all doing essentially the same thing to be successful the four wants to be just like that the four three wants to be just like that but stand above them because they're doing it in their own style in their own way and in that way they are kind of an aristocrat because they're going to be successful but they're going to be successful not like them not like those other people i didn't follow a formula to do this i was true to my authentic self um so they're they are typically see themselves as high class as elegant as concerned with uh social acceptance and a little bit disdainful of of others okay so the four wing five move away from the michael jackson's you know the madonna's and move toward the bob dylan's the bohemian the four wing five is called the bohemian or the alanis morissettes okay um these these people are moving away from the being out on the stage and you're going to love me for my performance and i'm different special and unique and look at what i can do uh, on this stage and on this platform like a 4-3, the 4-5 moves more into that cerebral area of, of, of in their thinking, okay? Um, they're going to be more heady, more introverted, more about having specialness through their thoughts and their deep thinking, um, like a bohemian, when you think of that term. Um, okay, so... These people are extremely creative, but they're much more drawn to the process of creativity. Um, and they, their, their aristocracy might be seen more for their ideal standards. Like the four wing three might stand out in their dress and what they present to people. The four wing five might stand out as different by like maybe like their views on the environment or their views on on um, on what they eat, on being a vegetarian, you know, or being a vegan, um, or you know, the the fact that they only go to holistic medicine or holistic farming, it's more going to be in their views and how they live their life than in how they present themselves. Okay, um, so they're extremely creative, combining emotionality and introspection with perceptiveness and originality, less concerned with being accepted by others and with status than the 4-3. Um, they enjoy creating for the process of creating. Um, and they love discovering nuances and discovering details and discovering things that others don't know. Um, that does set you apart because you now understand these nuances and these, you know, uh, uh, definitions in ways that people miss. Uh, people are just living on the surface. That's the way force think. People are just living on the surface, very happy with their surface lives, their surface conversations, their surface knowledge. But I'm the four or five going to go to the deep things. I'm going to go to the deep end of the pool. I'm going to get to the real you know, the real heart of things and try to understand things in a much deeper, nuanced way. More introverted, more socially withdrawn than the four-wing three. 
um, can live in their imaginations a little bit. The real world is less interesting to them than the deep world, the inner landscape. They are attracted to the exotic. They're attracted to the mysterious. They're attracted to the symbolic and the eccentric. This person could be called eccentric, would be seen as being an eccentric person. Um, drawn to the unusual, drawn to the downbeat, drawn, you know, if everybody's getting their senior pictures taken, you know, with nature scenes behind them and, you know, um, it, with big, beautiful landscapes behind them, the four wing five is going to want to get them taken, you know, in an alley, you know, with a graffiti on the walls behind them, something that's downbeat. You know, a, a restaurant that nobody knows about that looks dingy and dark and yet they have the best food, um, you know, the most organic and healthy food. And even though it looks rough on the outside, fours, are, fours and four wing fives particularly are drawn to that. That's what appeals to them. And it, maybe it taps into that sense of, of that in yourself, you know, that, that, um, that sense of brokenness and dilapidatedness of yourself, that lostness of yourself, you know, but still seeing the value in it. And that's, 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 oh, that's so beautiful to see that, yes, we all are broken and dilapidated and, and experiencing loss, but yet there's, there's richness in us. There's beauty in us. There's still that thumbprint of God, that creativity in us. I love it. I love it. Fours have helped me so much. Understanding fours has helped me so much as a seven. All right, so they can be intensely private, often seeing themselves as rebellious outsiders, four-wing fives, okay? Uh, I think the four-wing threes are gonna parade that, you know, like, I do things different. Look at me, I wear these boots, and I, I you know, and I'm, I'm this kind of a performer, I'm this kind of an achiever, because I've gone my own way, I'm rogue, you know? But the four-wing five, I think, is is more likely to live above the law and kind of ignore the law. Um, they have brilliant flashes of insight, but they have trouble sustaining practical efforts in the real world. Again, because they're not an action type. Fours are not an action type. So taking it into action, it can it can just end up in your head, you know, and not not it can be hard to like live it out and take it into action. So four wing fives are more mental. Four wing fives want to get in touch and express their unique self. They want to be different from the ordinary. They pursue their own self interests. Okay, what's interesting to them? They can get lost in fantasy. They can be comfortable with the dark side of things. They can be elitist, eccentric, defy convention, push the edges, more introverted, not as interested in their image, not as interested in being accepted by people or accepted by the crowd. That's not as appealing to them as it is for the four-wing three. Now, I last thing I want to say in just a couple of minutes is if you are a four-wing Let's say you're a four wing five, okay? Moving toward the three can be a very positive move, move for you. Learning more about threes, learning more about why threes are what they are and why they do what they do and developing that three wing can be very helpful to you because a four wing five can be a bit of an odd, an odd, uh, an odd person, okay? An eccentric, um, a bohemian. Oddness is just kind of your address, right? So moving toward the three, what does that do for you? Moving toward the three says, you know, maybe I need to be careful how I'm coming across to others. Maybe how I'm coming across, it's the image thing, right? Maybe how I'm coming across to others is important. Not that you want to live at that three address, because believe me, you don't. We all have our flaws. But, but 
leaning on that wing a little bit could be a benefit to you in living in the real world. Okay, I know you want to get lost in your your deep thought and your eccentric unusualness, but asking yourself from time to time, you know, what image am I am I am I presenting to others? Maybe I ought to be a little more careful with how I present myself and the words that I say and the way that I speak with people and the dress that I wear, that it's not so eccentric and so different that it causes um, it causes there to be dissidence in relationships that I still want to be taken seriously and I still you know have to live in this world of all these vulgarians and, and mundane and I have to live in this world and I have to make presentations and I have to sell products and I have to do business with people and so maybe I need to be a little careful and thoughtful about how I'm presenting myself to others and that three wing will cause you to to move in that direction now for four wing threes you need to develop that five wing okay you need to learn more to lean on that five and if you know anything about fives right they're all into data and real factual information fives are not look looking internally at their emotions as a guide for them they, fives are not interested in how you feel about a subject. They want to know what the real objective data is. Okay, so a four-wing three should lean a little bit on the five now and say, okay, I know how I feel about my work. I know how I feel about this relationship, or I know how I feel, and it's important because that's real information, but maybe I also need some objective facts. Maybe I need some objective information. Maybe I need to go and look at some real data, you know, surveys and information. Maybe it would help me to not just look internally as my source of truth, but maybe I should lean on objective facts and data as well. Maybe that could help me be more well-rounded if I, if I didn't just ask, how do I feel about this? Or what do I think? Or what will make me look good? But what does the objective facts say? You know, And I can see where that could be applied to a lot of different situations in life. Uh, let's say you wanna, you know, you're thinking about being a good parent, all right? So you could tap into your own feelings and you know, what you think about that. But also it might help to just read some books and talk to other parents and get some objective information of you know some top 10 lists of what not to do and what to do and just take in objective information about how to be a better parent or how to be a better husband or or you know any anything in life to lean on that five is to say i need to get some objective information and i need to balance my emotional life with my you know with some real facts and real head information all right Wow, deep stuff. And thank you guys for watching this video all the way through. I appreciate you um, you know, sticking with me through it. And I hope it's helpful to you. I hope it's encouraging to you. I hope it you know, causes you to think and reflect a little bit, all so that you can be more present to life. And for you fours, I guess I would end this by saying, um, we all have lost uh, something. And 
it doesn't mean that we can't be open though to something great you know so we we open our hand and something has been taken from us but now we can live our life with an open hand ready to have that that hand filled and you know um, happiness and joy can come from sometimes the least expected places and don't be afraid to open your life up to receive some happiness and joy um, because even though uh, something has been taken from us and we have lost something there's a lot that's been given to us as well so let's open our heart up to try to receive that all right thank you guys i'll see you next time